Well, good evening, everybody. And uh, if you're on Facebook, we're hoping this is working. Having some technical difficulties here at the house. Um, but we're hoping that it's going through. It says that it's coming through on Facebook. I just can't see it tonight from my side of the screen. So hopefully it's reaching you, but we're glad that you're here on Zoom at least. And I'm sure maybe some others will come in in just a few minutes and listen along. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to be together and uh, be able to share the word of the Lord with you tonight. Praise God, ready for a break in the weather a little bit, cool down, ready for some fall weather. But uh, we're excited about what God is doing. I believe the kingdom of God is in advance mode. I believe God is doing some ma major things here in the last day and uh, in the season that we're in. Um, I think it's very important that we understand what the kingdom of God is all about and how it operates in our lives. And so we want to share with you a little bit about the kingdom of God tonight. So would you just uh, open with me and let's, let's say a word of prayer. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together here online and open up your word and share a little bit from your word tonight. Pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come alive in our hearts tonight and help us to get a glimpse of what you're doing in this day and in this age. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, we want to, we're, we're going to go into some scripture, but I'm not going to lead off with a scripture tonight. We'll catch up to a scripture here in just a second. Praise God. Uh, I believe that the kingdom of God is something that is uh, alive and well and is, is really twofold. The kingdom of God is both a physical place, it's a physical kingdom that I believe will be manifest when we are uh, ultimately in heaven with him, gathered around his throne. I believe that is the kingdom of God. But I also believe there is a spiritual kingdom of God in the world, and it's in operation today. And here's what uh, an overall definition for you tonight that, that I believe in the kingdom of God, and that is it's a place, wherever it is, where God's authority is acknowledged and obeyed, where God rules and has the final uh, say or the final authority in our hearts. And uh, I believe that we are in an age, in an era where the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is attempting to arrest the spirit of man, if you will, uh, step into our hearts and, and take control and lead us into things that we've never dreamed of. And I believe that when we understand the kingdom of God uh, in that principle, I believe that God will begin to give us even deeper understanding into what his word is trying to reveal. It's, I've often asked the question, and if you attend Spirit of Grace Church, you've often heard me say this, that when Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost, he wasn't talking about people. Uh, because he's always known where every person is always at. It's not like um, like if I would lose one of my kids and not know where they were, uh, then they were lost and I'd have to find them. But God knew exactly where we were at all times. He, But what was lost was that which he established at the very beginning in creation in 
the Old Testament. And uh, we read in the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve were able to meet with the Lord in the cool of the day and commune with him and have relationship with him. But when they committed their sin, that was broken and they were cast out of the garden. And uh, that is what was lost that day was that free communion uh, of the great creator of the universe and his creation who he gave uh, a free will to love him and to commune with him. But because humanity uh, that had sinned and become marred by sin and marred by death could not dwell in the same vicinity as deity and his purity and his holiness, he, there was a separation or a chasm that was done and well, that happened. And what ended up happening is now we have, when Adam and Eve sinned, two different kingdoms. We have a kingdom of the world and a kingdom of heaven. And men and women lived in the kingdom of the world. Uh, and in the kingdom of the world, there was death, there was heartache, there was, uh, there was a curse upon the ground, there was a curse upon Adam. He had to uh, earn a living, he had to, to feed his family by uh, labor. And uh, in, in all different kinds of things, you can study that out in the Old Testament. It won't take all night to go into what happened when Adam and Eve uh, sinned. But needless to say, the kingdom of God was pure and holy and righteous prior to Adam and Eve sinning. And then after Adam and Eve sinned, there was a separation from the kingdom of God. And since that time, God has been desiring to reestablish the order of the kingdom of God in this world. But he has chosen to establish it not by uh, rule and not by force, but he has chosen it by uh, manifesting himself in us, if you will, uh, of using uh, his creation that uh, agrees to uh, submit themselves to him, to listen to him, to obey him, to follow him. Uh, he has decided for whatever reason, he's decided that we were the ones that he would want to be uh, to be used in establishing his kingdom. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 7, if you have your Bibles handy, Romans chapter 14 and verse number 7, it's one uh, simple verse. For none of us live to himself, and no man dies to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die... We are the Lord's. For this is the for this for to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. So you can see there's a transition that took place uh, within the kingdom of God when we uh, allow ourselves to be uh, submitted to the things of God and His Spirit and His will, His desire. What really is happening is we are taking a step from our kingdom into his kingdom, from the kingdom of the world into the kingdom of God. And as long as we're willing to follow him and to listen to him and obey him, again, the kingdom of God is a place where his authority and his, it's, it's acknowledged and it's obeyed and where he rules and has the final say. Well, when you follow the Lord, you are walking in the kingdom of God. And so today, if you're, if you're a believer, if you're following him to the best of your ability, you are walking in two kingdoms. You are walking in the kingdom of this world in the natural realm, but you are also walking in the kingdom of the spirit and uh, in the kingdom of God. And that's a, that's a great experience, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit, uh, a few minutes. 
over in Luke chapter 9, in Luke chapter 9, uh, verses 1 and 2, it says this. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We were sent, or the apostles in this passage were sent, and thus we as believers, we are sent to preach the kingdom of God. It's our responsibility to reveal to others the kingdom of God. We have that call upon our lives, whether we're a licensed minister or whether uh, we're a doctor or a lawyer or a mechanic, whatever we are in our lot in life, we also have a responsibility to preach the kingdom or declare the kingdom of God. The results are always seen uh, in the natural realm, but it all has to start in the, on the inside. It all has to start in our hearts and in our minds. We can't effectively proclaim the kingdom of God until we accept the kingdom of God in our hearts and in our minds, because um, the Bible says it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes out of our mouth has to, first of all, be in our heart. And so it's my prayer tonight that the kingdom of God would take up residence with inside of our hearts so that when we would begin to speak to our neighbors, our family, our friends, that we would do what Luke uh, 9 and 1 and 2 says, and that is we would proclaim or declare the kingdom of God because it's so wrapped up inside of us that we can't help but to begin to speak it. When we became believers, God didn't just prepare us to get to the physical kingdom of God in heaven. It, it wasn't just a, uh, a ticket being punched, like going through TSA at an airport or something where you, you hand over your ticket and you're good to go. You pay for it. You, you've got into it. What God does is he prepares us for that place. But more importantly, I believe, or as importantly, at least, he's prepared us for the kingdom of God here on the earth because he has chosen us to be, according to 1 Peter uh, 2.9, he has chosen us to be a royal priesthood. He's chosen us as a, a chosen generation. He had, we are a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have a responsibility to proclaim the kingdom of God. We have to understand what's happening in the world today, and we have to counter what's happening in the world today, not with philosophy, not with uh, politics, not with man-made devices, but we are sent to this place, to this hour, to declare the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God begins to be declared, everything else begins to take care of itself. In Matthew chapter 1, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 1, verse number 15, Jesus is at the start of his ministry, and uh, he says this, and he, uh, now after that John was put in prison, this is verse 14 of Mark chapter 1, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. He uses a certain term here that, that plays out in his earthly ministry. And uh, that is simply this, the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, we understand that Jesus manifest in the flesh was God incarnate, born in Bethlehem. And when he was starting his ministry, he was ushering the kingdom of God 
uh, it brought it near, it, or in other words, it was approaching. It, it was coming close. The kingdom of God through Jesus Christ was coming into our atmosphere. But the thing that we have to understand is that after Jesus lived his life here on earth, after the death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, uh, Jesus says it this way. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you, and he has come to us, and, and as the church, or another term for the church, is the body of Christ, we are now the ones that are bringing the kingdom of God at hand, not because of us, but because of him that dwells in us, not because of our own ability, our own understanding, but because what God, his whole desire was that he would uh, use the church to reveal the kingdom of God to those that were around us. And so we have to understand that you and I are living in two different worlds. Um, we are living in this world, this thing called earth. Uh, for most of us tonight, probably America, not sure. The Facebook page may reach around the world in some cases. I know we've seen some uh, people from out of the country watching from time to time, and we welcome you to our, our feed. But for the most part, most of you that are watching are from America. So that, that's one of the worlds that we live in. We live in this natural world where, unfortunately, we have to get up in the morning and go to work so that we can make a mortgage payment, so we can uh, feed ourselves, and so we can uh, do all of the things that we do as humans. And uh, at the same time, uh, we live in a kingdom that is at hand or that is approaching. The kingdom of God is on its way. We are ever drawing closer to the coming of the Lord. I believe that what we're experiencing in this day, now, now at the same time I say this, I understand I've, I just turned 50, and I understand for 50 years I've been hearing that Jesus is coming soon. And But when you really take a, a thought about it, 50 years is not a lot of time. If you took just took a room and, and took a, a masking tape from one end of the room to the other and put one little pencil dot in the middle of it, that's what you and I are in in the, in the grand scheme of, of time. We're just one little dot. It's very quickly. So even when we say Jesus is coming soon, if it's another 50 years, that's not any time at all. It's Jesus, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's approaching. I believe that we're closer to the coming of the Lord today than we even imagine. I believe that some of the things that are happening around the world are preparing the kingdom of God for its entrance. I, I, I won't be so naive to say that uh, I can declare with certainty when it's going to happen, but I can declare with certainty that it is going to happen. I believe it has the, uh, we have the opportunity probably even in my lifetime to see the rapture of the church. Uh, I believe that Jesus is coming soon. I believe that. Uh, and, and the Lord says to occupy or be busy doing the things of the kingdom even until he comes. So I'm going to live today like he's coming today. And I'm going to live tomorrow like he's coming tomorrow. And, and I'm going to live the next day like he's coming. If I live each day like he's coming that day, I will do what he's asked me to do by occupying till he comes. So we live in two different worlds. We live between two different philosophies. We, we uh, live within two different politics. We live within two different emotions, emotional settings. We, we live in, two, in between two different truth settings. 
the truth of the natural world and the truth of the spiritual world, we are stuck, if you will, at the time being in the middle of them. And so we, as, as we are living in between these two worlds, two kingdoms, if you will, and here's the thing about the two kingdoms, they are trying to crash into one another. The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God are coming against each other and they are intersecting uh, and it's crashing and I want to be on the, the side that's going to be the overcoming kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. But, but God has allowed us and allowed man to dictate a lot of what's going on in the world, and we have messed it up. And so when he, we bring the kingdom of God, and every time you read in Scripture, and we're going to talk about this in just a couple of minutes, but every time the kingdom of God tries to take the space of the kingdom of the world, there is uncertainty, there is frustration, there is major things that begin to happen. And so I, I want you to remember that some of what we're dealing with today, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be the unrest in our cities, whether it be the fight for philosophy, whether it be to the fight for our educational systems, all of these different battles that are going on that in, in our world today is above our heads, really. It's not just one person fighting for their ideas and another person fighting for theirs. It's really a battle that's going on in the spirit world where two kingdoms are clashing, two kingdoms are colliding. The kingdom of God is colliding with the kingdom of the world, and the kingdom of the world is suffering uh, calamity because the kingdom of God is trying to do its best to attract the hearts and the minds of his creation. Uh, in fact, it, it's part of what we're uh, experiencing even in the world is creation itself is groaning for the coming of the Lord. And uh, Romans chapter 8, if you'll again turn over there, I told you we'd jump around a little bit, but I wouldn't lead off with the scripture, but Romans chapter 8 is an interesting passage, if I can get there. Starting at verse number 22, Romans chapter 8, verse number 22 says this, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then, we do, then do we with patience wait for it. What Paul is telling the Romans here is that even creation, as well as ourselves, are waiting for the coming of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way, but with all the storms that are going on, the earthquakes, all of those kinds of things, it's actually the creation. I believe it's the creation, the whole creation, groaning and travailing in pain together till now. And so there's there's been this going on even in the natural world where I believe the actual creation, the Bible says, is groaning and travailing in this state. So some of what we're experiencing, and I believe that uh, creation, just like the seasons change and the trees know when to change their colors and, and drop their leaves and when to bud in the spring and when and the birds know when to migrate and, and all of the different things that the natural world does, I believe that they sense the, their creator, he that created them as well, I believe that they can even sense what is happening in the world and coming to a close, and the, the very creation is groaning and travailing 
just like ourselves, according to uh, the apostle here in the book of Romans. And I know to some extent that Paul is probably using color, colorful language in order to make a point, but uh, I've also believed that he's very literal, that all of creation, we, we forget that God created heaven and the earth and all that is therein. So everything that's in, so he's the creator of all things, and his creation wants to be with his creator. And it's the reason why clouds rain. The clouds are doing what they were designed to do. And so in their des designation, the very creation of God is worshiping the things of God. I believe that the mountains and the beauty of the mountains are proclaiming the glory of God. How, why do I say that? Well, because the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, that says, due to the creation, no man has an excuse not to recognize that there is a God. So creation, I believe, is and, and what we're dealing with in some cases is creation is, is groaning for the coming of the Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. There is something that's happening in the world today, and there is a clashing of two kingdoms, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, used interchangeably, but the kingdom of God is breaking into our space and into our realm and trying to meet with us and trying to transition us or transform us into being citizens of his kingdom. The Bible says that we are not citizens of this world. We are foreigners and travelers, if you will, sojourners. And uh, But our citizenship is in a different kingdom. Our citizenship is found in the kingdom of God. If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, your name is recorded as a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so now we are walking between two worlds, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, and we're dealing with all of the frustration and the clashing of the two kingdoms. And uh, all of creation is longing for the kingdom of God. I want you to think about what happened at the crucifixion. As Jesus was hanging on the cross... And in our devotions recently, we shared with you some of the sayings that the Lord used as he was uh, uh, closing out his earthly life on the cross. But just think about what happened when Jesus, the kingdom of God was present, and the kingdom of the world was present, and there was an all-out spiritual battle between two kingdoms as Jesus hung between heaven and hell and, and, and was, was lifted up on our behalf. Think of, think of just a couple of the things that took place, some, some acts really of violence. The veil was rent from top to bottom. No, it was from top to bottom. It was very clear that the writers of the Gospels used that terminology to let us know that it wasn't from the bottom of the top where man could figure out how to tear it, but it was done on a spiritual level when from the top of the veil to the bottom of the veil, it ripped open. That's what was, that's the clashing of, that was a warfare uh, or a war or a battle for access into the presence of God. God was creating a doorway. He was creating a pathway so that you and I could enter into his presence at any time that we needed. That's, and it was such a violent act at Calvary that when the, the, the veil rent in twain from top to bottom. Notice what else happened. The sky got dark. It was in the middle of the day, and it got as dark as night. Creation was, was recognizing that a kingdom, two kingdoms had come head to head after all of the years of the prophets and the kings and the judges and all of that which, which God did throughout the Old Testament, the tabernacle and the temple and, 
and all of the coming out of Egypt and into the promised land and establishing the, the boundaries of the Jewish nation and, and things of that nature. After all of that, uh, Jesus comes and these two kingdoms clash and the Bible says the sky was darkened. It said that the earth shook and it said that tombs were open and, and dead people were walking around. It was an amazing thing when two, the two kingdoms clashed at, at Calvary, at the crucifixion. And uh, that happens to us on a spiritual level. When we bow down before him at the cross and we go into a spirit of repentance and we go into a spirit of spiritual death, if you will, and, and surrender to the Lord, when that begins to happen, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. What begins to happen is two kingdoms collide against each other. And it behooves us to be on the side of the kingdom of God because the side of the kingdom of God will always win. Think about what happened a few days later when Jesus rose from the tomb. The mighty, the mighty angels that were there took care of the guards that were guarding the tomb. The stone was rolled away and, uh, and, and his body wasn't there. It was, it was empty. But can you imagine walking up to a, a stone that was rolled away that could not easily be rolled by human means, and the guards were as dead, and the, there were, the tomb was empty, there was a great clashing of the kingdom. The keys of death, hell, and the grave had been turned over to the Lord. He led the captivity captive, and a great victory was had that day. The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, was once again alive and overcoming in this battle that Satan thought he was going to win. Just a few days later, about 50 days later, actually, little less than that, right about that. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting, they spoke in tongues as, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what ends up happening? It's another place where the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the, of the world were clashing, and in the midst of this battle, uh, the sounds of victory came. And, and I believe all through time, since Acts chapter 2, even to this day, uh, I want you to understand there's something that happens when the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world come into conflict. And uh, we call, we say it's, we say the kingdom is, is in conflict. What we really call it is revival. We, we call it harvest. We call it a move of God. When the kingdom of God comes and, and intersects with our kingdom and there's a battle that goes on, there's some things that happen when we face what we call or what we have termed revival. People shake when the spirit of God overcomes them. People begin to speak in other tongues when the Holy Ghost overshadows them. And people there, I've been in services where these two kingdoms have clashed and people laugh or they'll sing in the spirit or they'll cry and bawl their, their eyes out or they'll fall down before God. I've even seen what uh, Old, Test or Old Testament, old, old school holy rollers were. And, and I've experienced all that. I've seen people healed. I believe people have been risen from the dead at, when these two kingdoms clash and and all of a sudden things begin to happen. I believe that 
what begins to take place is the kingdom of God invades the space of the kingdom of the world. And because of that, we have the opportunity to experience what we classify as revival. I believe that God is trying to give the church another revival. I believe that we are in the middle of a clash between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven I be- and the kingdom of the world. I believe that we are in, a, in the middle of a war where that which is natural is fighting that which is spiritual. I believe that in February and March when this pandemic came and all of the, in May when all of the unrest came, we are, we are seeing a picture of unrest. We are seeing a picture of warfare, but I don't believe it's just policy and politics and people. I believe the kingdom of God is, has come near and is invading the kingdom of the world. Why do I say that? Because I've seen the pictures, the pictures of people coming to the Lord in the midst of these riots and where there was death and destruction. Uh, I've seen baptistry tanks where people are being baptized in the precious name of the Lord. I'm seeing revivals beginning to take place. We're getting calls at Spirit of Grace Church from all kinds of people looking for, for churches because they're dealing with the things of the world. What's, what's really taking place? I'll tell you what I believe is taking place. I believe what's taking place is the kingdom of heaven has invaded the kingdom of the world And there's an all-out warfare for the hearts and minds of people. And you and I have the opportunity to dwell in the things of God. I also believe that we are at a day and an age where it's up to us, the church, to declare the kingdom of God to people because it's what they're looking for. It's what they're searching for. I believe that God has led us into an understanding of who he is so that we can reveal him to somebody else. I believe that through all of the pandemic and through all of the stuff that we've gone on in this 2020, and and, and I know it hasn't been easy, and I know that there has been pain, and there's been suffering, and there's been frustration, and there's been complaining on every angle at at every point, and, and frustration of this, and frustration of that. But listen, my friend, we are in a season and a and an hour where hearts and souls are hungry and thirsty for the kingdom of God. And I believe that Jesus has ushered in a time where his body has come in at a time, like he said in, in, in Luke 9, that we are the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and I'm going to fulfill it right now. I'm going to use my church. I'm going to use my people to touch the lives of others that are hurting and struggling and fighting and are miserable and are, and are hurting in order to meet the kingdom of God. Because we get little glimpses of what the kingdom of God will be. Can you imagine? Uh, we've had some people even in our church that haven't been feeling well lately. And, and we've got people all around the world that are struggling with COVID and struggling with other sicknesses and, and disease. But there's coming a day when the kingdom of God totally takes over and there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. There will be no more sickness. COVID will not last. There won't be anything that will keep us from his presence. There won't be any uh, parting of ways. There won't be any uh, backstab. There won't be any heartbreak. There won't be any, all that stuff will go away when we enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here's the thing. You and I, as the church of the living God, as the body of Christ, he has given us an opportunity to taste some of those things. So when you and I can walk hand in hand with him, even when our bodies are feeling sick, our spirit should be alive. 
even when we're having dealing with a, a heartache in our emotions, our, our, at the same time, our, our bodies can, or our minds can say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I may not be able to figure it all out on my own right now, but God has given me something. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's in me. It's rising in me. In, in fact, there's uh, one passage of the, of the scripture, and I, I didn't write it down, but it says that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. There is something that we have. We can have joy and peace in the midst of what's going on around us. And what that is, is not because we make, it's not a, it's not mind over matter. It's not the power of positive thing. It's the kingdom of God that's taking up residence in our spirits. I'm thankful for the kingdom of God. I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to have a smile on my face when things aren't going right. I'm thankful that I have uh, the knowledge that this is all just temporary, that, that no matter what we have to deal with in this world, there is a better kingdom that we are on our way to, that we are living in spiritually, but one day we will live in naturally. Can you imagine what that day is going to be like when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first? And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then the writer of Thessalonians, Paul says it to this, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Be comforted tonight because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Be comforted tonight because you and I, no matter what we deal with on, on, on earth, we have the hope of eternal life in glory where there is none of the stuff that we have to deal with. Just can you imagine not having to put in a house bill for your mansion in heaven? Mortgage payment. Won't have to worry about the interest rates. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful experience. Praise God. I want to spend just a couple of minutes here as I get ready to close um, because I, I, in thinking about the kingdom of God and what he's doing and where he's going, he taught us through teaching the uh, disciples, he taught us a principle uh, in Matthew chapter six. Um, we like to call it the Lord's prayer. Um, it's really our prayer that the Lord taught us. If you really want to know what the Lord prayed, you'll have to read John 17. Um, but in this passage, in John 6, we call it the Lord's Prayer uh, because this is what he taught us how to pray. Um, but I, I just want to focus in on, on one passage in verse number 9 of Matthew 6. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Jesus is putting a blueprint together for you and I to pray. That word pray is to commune, to communicate, to dwell with, if you will. Uh, and so in our dwelling with the Lord, in our communication with the Lord, in our prayers, if you will, he's giving us a process or a system that he suggests for us to use in order for us to maximize what he wants us to accomplish. And it's interesting on how he says it. And I want you to notice this. Um, because the verse 9 and verse 10 is the key to all of the other things happening. Uh, in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, lead us not into temptation. All those other things, the prerequisite of that is found in verse 9 and 10. And so I want you to, I want you to see this. Our Father, which art in heaven, okay, 
what is that really saying? Okay, we're talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Okay, that word hallowed there means to acknowledge and to uh, consecrate or purify or separate from profanity. In other words, the concept of the name of the Lord is so powerful and it encapsulates so much. Um, I've said this oftentimes, and, and, but we don't really understand in, in, in modern day what the concept of a name really means. But in biblical days, the name encapsulated everything that that person was about. And so when a parent went to name a child, they named them for, for meaning something, okay? So Jacob, when he was born, they named him Jacob because he was a supplanter. He was a deceiver. And that's why God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, because a deceiver became a prince uh, unto God. And, and it's the reason why Joseph and Mary were told to name Jesus, Jesus, because he would save the people from their sins. And, and so Jesus was God with us. Jesus was incarnate uh, God in flesh. And so the name of Jesus encapsulates everything about God. Colossians 2, 9, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body. When we say Jesus, we're encapsulating everything of God. And so Jesus is saying, uh, hallowed be thy name. Thy name is all kinds of things. Uh, thy name fulfills uh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, my banner. He All kinds of names and descriptions, it, it encapsulates it all and we're supposed to hallow it, or we're supposed to separate it from uh, profanity. We're supposed to consecrate it and acknowledge it. And when we do that, then we can say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And what are we really saying? We're saying, okay, God, because of who you are in your name, let heaven come to earth. Let your will come to our, uh, and overcome and overwhelm our will. And, and see, what ends up happening is we try you can't get God's kingdom to come until you recognize and, and honor who Jesus is. It's not a candy stick that we can say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's, it's a recognition of who Jesus is. And when Jesus begins to, to deal with us, his kingdom begins to come. And we begin to understand what's, what's happening. That prayer is also not just a futuristic prayer. Um, our prayer needs to be, Lord, let your kingdom come. We want to go to heaven. We want to be together in glory. I want to see you face to face for all that you've done for me. I want to, I want to cast my crowns at your feet. I want to worship with my forefathers. I want to worship with the apostles. I want to meet Mary, the mother of Jesus. I want to do all of those things. I want to get to glory. But what that prayer is really saying is not so much let your kingdom come so that I can go to your kingdom, but let your kingdom come so that I can be your kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, what you and I are supposed to be trying to do is let the actions of the Lord in heaven happen here on earth. See, we, we sometimes get so consumed about getting to heaven when God is saying, I want to get heaven to earth. We sing a song that, that says you didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven to us. And that's really what he's, he's wanting us to do. He's wanting us to reflect, or he's wanting us to introduce to others this thing called the kingdom of heaven, this thing called the kingdom of God. 
And, and, and so when we say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, let it be done. Let it happen now. Let it take place today. I want to see people healed. I want to see people delivered. I want to be see people washed and cleansed. I want to see people restored and forgiven. I want to see people baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want to see all kinds of things that are kingdom of God uh, entities, if you will, or kingdom of God events. I want them to happen in our kingdom. I want them to happen in Coon Rapids. I want them to happen at one or 10, 110 Woodcrest Drive Northwest. I want them to happen in your home. I want them to happen in my home. I want them to happen in our workplaces. I want them to happen in in our our neighborhoods. Uh, it was such a, a wonderful testimony a few weeks ago that somebody received the baptism of the Holy Ghost after they left church and left the class throughout the week. And they said they were just walking on cloud nine because the Lord baptized them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what I want to say. I want to hear more of that. It doesn't have to always happen just in a church setting. It doesn't have to happen just when we're all together in one place. That, that's wonderful and that's good, but it can happen for you right now. It can happen for you wherever you're watching this or listening to this at. If you're listening to this uh, and you're driving down the road, listen, I, a friend's father received the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there in his car as he was driving down the street. I, I believe that. I believe the kingdom of God wants to invade our kingdom I believe that he wants to come in if we invite him in. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And when that begins to take place, just get ready because every time, can I just tell you that some of what's going on in the world is because the church was on an advance and the enemies of the, king, the kingdom of this world is fighting against God in his kingdom and his people and, and is, is trying to distract not only the saints, but trying to distract those that are coming to be saints. He's trying to use everything in his power to make us weary in well-doing. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, but know that you're going to reap in due season. Uh, but I also know the scripture in Daniel that says that the enemy of our, of our souls are going to try to, to wear the saints out. It's a tiring time right now. It's a time where we can easily get weary because of everything that's going on. I want to challenge you, though, today to begin to pray, Lord, I want your kingdom to come alive in me. I want you to draw near to me. I want you to come into my spirit so that I can reflect your spirit to others. I want to be that light and that salt that will touch and minister to somebody else. Listen, we are living in exciting times. I know that it's it's been a struggle. I know it's been a fight. But the more that I have studied, the more that I've read, and the more that I've sought the Lord, the more excited I get about what God is doing. Is the frustration over? No. Are we still dealing with a bunch of stuff here? Yes. But that just lets me know that God is ready to break forth on the scene. And when he breaks into the scene, anything can happen. And when Jesus is in control, all things are under his control. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'll make it. I'll, I'll, I'll make it. I'll be good. You can be good. You're, you're going to make it. You're not going to fall. You're not going to falter. You're not going to fail. God's got you. He's with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you always, even to the end of the earth. So I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to stand strong tonight because the kingdom of God is in advance mode. 
The kingdom of God is on the move. The kingdom of God, the heavenly host, be like the, the, the disciple uh, or the prophet Elisha. Open your spiritual eyes and see all around you the angelic host of God. The armies of the host of heaven are more than what we would ever imagine. You are not alone. There are things that are happening all around you in the spirit that we can't even see. But if God just gives us one glimpse, oh my, it's going to be amazing to behold. Praise God. I believe it's happening. I believe it's going to happen even more as we get closer to the actual coming of the Lord. But we are we are living in a season right now where two kingdoms are colliding. And I believe the kingdom of God is going to come out on the winning end. And I believe that you and I are destined for great things because we're walking hand in hand with the master. We're walking hand in hand with Jesus himself. And I believe that all things are done for our good to them who are called of God who are called according to his purpose. Lord, we love you and we praise you. I thank you, God, for this opportunity to share the kingdom. I come against all depression and despair. I come against all fear and fatigue. Lord Jesus, I speak righteousness and holiness. I speak joy and peace. I speak encouragement to those that need to be encouraged. Lord, let each person that watches this or listens to this let them rise up in holiness. Let them rise up in the spirit of the warrior. Let them rise up in the glorious power of Almighty God. Let them reflect Almighty uh, God to those that are around them. Let us become your kingdom focus. Let us, Lord, become the ones that people are looking to. Give us the answers, Lord, as we go forward and help us just to draw hand in hand with you and let your kingdom come, your will be done as we praise and acknowledge who you are, because you are in control. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are high and lifted up, and your train fills the temple. You are the first, the last, the beginning, and the end, that which was and is to come, that the Almighty. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb for sinners slain. You're the bright in the morning star, the rose of Sharon to my soul. You are my righteous judge, my good shepherd. You are all in all, and everything that I need is wrapped up in who you are. And so, God, I declare to you tonight before I'm ever forced to, I bow my knee before you. I confess my tongue before you. You are my Lord and my God. I will do as you ask me to do. I submit myself to you, and because I'm submitted to you, I'm going to resist my enemy, and he must flee. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Praise God. I want to thank you for being with us tonight. So glad that you had the opportunity, hopefully, to join us online and uh, were ministered to by the word of the Lord. Go in good stead. Go in with a smile on your face, with a, with a uh, joy in your spirit, because the kingdom of God is at hand. God bless you all.